Welcome to the Wise of Texas podcast. Wise of Texas is a nonpartisan nonprofit empowering and educating Texas South Asians to be informed voters and partake in civic engagement. You can visit our website, wiseuptx.org, and find us on all social media platforms. This is Poonam Kaji, Wise of Texas board member and today's host. I want to remind you all that we're doing a really fun fundraising campaign for our fifth birthday. We are a 501c3 nonprofit and we need your support to keep doing what we do. So please visit our website and make a donation. Um, any small amount is, is helpful. We also have merchandise you can buy. Um, so check out our t-shirts and our Wise Up Texas chai. We've got our podcast team today. We're gonna be discussing the outcomes of the election, but focusing on our great state of Texas and what we saw here right at home. So we're gonna talk about um, mostly Texas state legislature, U.S. congressional districts. We're going to touch on the Senate race. So I've got with me Sana Magani, Ariba Amr, Azra Siddiqui, and Zoheb Kadri, and I'm going to kick us off talking about our Texas uh, outcomes from the election. So first of all, I just want to give a shout out to South Asian candidates who ran in all types of races as Republicans, Democrats, and nonpartisan races at the local level, um, all the way up to the congressional level here in Texas. We loved talking to a number of those folks on our podcast and win or lose, it is incredible and important to see South Asians step, stepping up to take on public service. And um, you know, we've talked, uh, we've talked before how important representation is and to be able to see South Asians on the ballot is really important. So just wanted to give a quick mention to those folks um, who came and visited with us on the podcast, especially. You might've seen on our platforms that we had a merchie meter to show the really hot races. These were the close races in districts with many South Asians. So we highlighted both um, Texas legislature and um, US congressional races that we identified on our merchie meter. Um, those were available on our voter info website and on social media. So we'll be talking about the outcomes of some of those races. Um, just to kind of mention a few, there were a lot of big name congressional races this year. And I say big name because they got national attention and there was really discussion about, you know, targeting these races to flip from red to blue and you, you know, as we all remember, that was a big conversation about Texas generally. So some of those candidates, Sri Preston Kulkarni, um, a South Asian running in Houston area, Lulu Sakely, who was running in um, Collin County, north of Dallas, and Wendy Davis, who was running in Central Texas. Um, all of these candidates ended up losing their races um, that had been, you know, we, we talked a little about polling last time that had been looked like they were polling really close. Um, and there was a lot of conversation about suburban areas like these districts um, turning blue. And it, we will talk a little more about whether that really happened or not. So let's just start off um, talking about this whole idea of, you know, was Texas going to turn blue? What we saw really happen um, was that Texas stayed very red in, in most of these races that were supposed to be really close. So let's just talk about this a little bit. Ezra, I'll start with you. Um, what did you think seeing the outcomes of these, these races and uh, any, any thoughts on these um, congressional ones that were really talked about uh, at a national level? Sure. Um, 
I feel like there's so much to say about Texas. I felt like there was so much hype. We saw like polling and we've talked about it in previous podcasts about how the polling numbers ended up being incorrect. And I think that was definitely true in Texas. They were showing a lot of congressional districts were very close that Democrats had the chance to flip several of the races. Um, I would also say in terms of the Texas House, they were also, you know, hoping to flip some of those districts as well. And absolutely none of that happened. And I will say that I, when I was watching the results come in, I thought maybe Dems had a chance to flip a couple of the districts. I was, you know, surprised as to like that there was no success with that. But what was also kind of interesting or fascinating to see was that um, Biden was able to close in the the Republican Democrat um, point gap um, that we saw between Trump and Hillary. So Trump won um, Texas in 2016 by nine points. We saw Biden um, lose it and Trump win it by 5.8 points, right? So he was narrowing that gap, but then on the congressional and state level. So it seems like we've had a lot of people that crossed over on the ballots that maybe voted for Biden, but then voted Republican on the rest of the ticket or people who didn't follow through on down ballot races. Um, As we know that Texas um, has gotten rid of straight ticket voting. So it previously you could just pick which party you wanted to vote for and it just voted Republican or Democrat all the way down. This time you had to go through every single candidate and decide which one you wanted to um, vote for. So maybe that had something to play with it. Um, You know, we have, I think Texas got on the map because of the Beto campaign in 2018. Um, He was very, you know, he gained a lot of momentum. He lost by less than three points. So I think that's where, you know, people got, the Democrats got excited as to, oh, Texas could actually turn blue. And I think what we saw from this time around, that wasn't necessarily the case. I think, and this is just my opinion, I think a lot of it had to do with candidate outreach. So we had a pandemic this election cycle. Republicans still went door to door. Democrats did not really do that. They held more virtual events. And I think one of the biggest talking points about Texas is the Rio Grande Valley, where a lot of those areas and counties that usually went blue actually flipped red for Trump and Trump was making a lot more inroads. But what was fascinating is that many of those people may have voted for Trump in those counties, but simultaneously they still voted Democrat um, for like Congressman Cuellar down like in Laredo and um, state rep Ryan Guillen, who is also down in that area as well. And they voted for those two as Dems because they know him, they know them. And that was their reasoning as to why they still voted for them. So I'm curious to see if what we saw in 2018 was really a fluke or if COVID really had a huge impact in terms of Democratic candidates not really being able to do the reach out that they normally could have done if there wasn't a pandemic or if Texas really is red. And I think we'll have a better idea of how Texas is really going to play out in 2022. Just my thoughts. Yeah, I think um, the things that you commented on, the Texas map and how it's changed, you know, one thing we saw is... um, the district that's Sugarland, you know, Fort Bend County um, went blue for Biden, but didn't um, turn blue for Shreve. Well, you can't really compare it exactly because the district and the county don't exactly overlap, but that that district didn't go blue for Shreve, Preston, Colkerney. 
Um, so, you know, we saw things like that. And then we also saw things like Ezra saying where the down ballot race went blue, but the presidential ticket went red. So Texans seem to actually maybe pick their person. You know, they don't maybe they don't do straight ticket, maybe because they don't have straight ticket. They they adopted a different way. Oh, sorry, if I can just quickly add, you know, you brought up Sheree's race and I think for that one, we have to kind of talk about the tribalism that occurred within the South Asian community there. We saw in 2018, he had a lot more unified front with the South Asian community um, or unified coalition of South Asians. Whereas this time around, we there there seemed to be a lot of drama that was happening on the ground and it really split and divided amongst um, faiths within the South Asian community. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that South Asian candidates can learn from going forward, right? A lot of these candidates had been building on a prior race like Street. You know, he had a he had a pretty successful race in 2018 and was building on that. And then for the first time kind of saw these um, infighting issues among the South Asian community. Um, I want to turn it over to Ariba to talk to us a little bit more about your opinion on these maps, because we see that there are counties that did go blue. Um, Tarrant County is where I live. And sometimes um, people forget that Tarrant County, home of Fort Worth, Texas, is one of the largest urban counties in the country that consistently has voted um, red and voted blue this time just by literally like 1%. But that is a big deal. It's a very, very populous county. Um, and I know there's a lot of attention for the South Texas counties too, but those are very sparsely populated. So Ariba, do you want to talk to us a little bit? What do you think the Texas map is going to look like going forward? Can we even guess? You know, <laughs> I, I'm not one to say if you can guess, but I can definitely, you know, there are, there is evidence that the Texas map is shifting and, you know, based on previous years, you know, so there was an analysis by the Texas Tribune that said that the presidential vote in solidly suburban counties like Collin, Denton, Fort Bend, it's, it's shown that they're, they were closer than they have been before. And then Tarrant, Hayes, and Willi Williamson County, they all flipped. Um, another, another race that I was looking closely at was the Texas 21 race. And perhaps it's one I have a little more, <laughs> a little more reason to start speaking on it. Uh, I was covering that pretty closely for the Daily Text in the Texas 21 race. And the it was a race to get it was the race against Chip Roy and Wendy Davis. It was an incredibly co close race. You know the results were not called until midnight, and there was a 40-year typically, and it's now still holding after Chip Roy won the race. But there is a over 40-year Republican hold on the Texas 21 House seat. But actually, the reason what's so significant when looking at that race, yes, the Republican won again and maintained the the hold, but. What's really significant about it is the fact that Wendy Davis was able to maintain such a close, close, uh, it was, she was so close to him in the polls. So when I was talking to a UT professor about the race, one thing the professor mentioned was that she believes it's, it's strongly due to shifting demographics within Austin. Um, and so I definitely think that that's one, that race in itself is one example of perhaps, you know, shifting demog demographics, they're changing pretty significantly every four years. And it's definitely something to look forward to. Not sure if it's something we can predict going forward. You know, we don't want something like the Beto phenomena happening again. But it's definitely, there is definitely evidence that Texas is changing, you know, whether or not there's more voter turnout or there are more people of color coming out to vote. We're definitely seeing some changes there. 
Yeah, I think that's a great point um, that we, we, you know, we can't really predict what's happening, but we talk a lot about people moving to Texas because Texas is awesome and has all these great opportunities. Um, and so that will eventually make changes here. And we do have a very young population too. I heard a crazy statistic. I want to say it was like one out of 10 children live in Texas or something, something along those lines. Um, so <laughs> crazy as a national statistic. So um, we, we're going to have a big youth uh, turnout in years to come. And I know we've talked about that a lot too, Ariba. Yeah, yeah, definitely been talking a lot about youth turnout. You know, we don't exactly have the numbers on how youth turned out this time around. But, you know, just based on rhetoric, I'm, I just saw a lot more of my populate, a lot more of my peers going out to vote and being more politically active, which is great. You know, you always want to stay informed about politics. So we'll see. I mean, when we get those numbers, that will be something interesting to talk about. I can't speculate yet, but I hope, I hope we see some positive trends in the youth turn, youth voter turnout. Definitely. I want to turn to talk about Austin, Texas, our capital and our uh, state representatives that we we elected. Um, you know, we, we've been talking a lot about these really exciting congressional districts, but what happens at our Texas legislature every two years impacts us greatly. And I think it tends to get kind of neglected and those aren't the like hot races that people really want to talk about. But um, it's, it's incredibly important. And we've always focused on that at Wise Up Texas to get you guys informed on what's happening at our Austin Capitol. Um, so here at the, at the Texas State House and State Senate, um, as Uzra commented earlier, there was conversation about um, making that kind of a more equal playing field. Right now, um, Republicans do have control of the Texas State House, the Texas State Senate. Um, I'll add they have control of the governor, obviously, and um, the Texas Supreme Court. So there was some talk about evening that playing field. Um, and the, the Texas State House determines our maps for districts. Um, they determine things like funding for pandemic relief, for education. So this is an incredibly important legislative body here in the state of Texas. And in 2021, this is the year that the Texas legislature makes maps for districts going forward based on the 2020 census. And this only happens once every 10 years. So um, Zoheb, I wanna have you talk to us a little bit about this. Um, you know, what was the outcome of the 2020 election in terms of the Texas legislature and, and what does that mean for us going forward? Yeah, so um, going into this election cycle, Democrats needed to win nine seats uh, to win the Texas House, uh, but there was a net gain of zero as they lost a seat in Houston and Gina Colony lost her seat, but then they flipped uh, um, the Sarah Davis seat in, in Houston as well. Uh, so Republicans are still in the majority, Democrats are still in the minority. When it comes to redistricting, it looks like Republicans will have will be in the driver's seat, um, which honestly, like, I, 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 can, I hope for fair maps. I hope, you know, both sides can come together and 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 be equal partners in this but as as history has shown um the party in power whether it be republican or democrat normally draws the maps in their favor uh we've seen very gerrymandered districts to say the least in texas uh for the past 10 years and i would assume that it's going to look the same for the for the for the for the next 10 years yeah i mean it does it is a 10-year commitment on these maps and i think this is a great example of holding our folks accountable this is something you could start calling your elected official right now and saying what's important to me is fair maps. We will definitely do a podcast on this in 2021 so you guys can learn more about what it means to draw these districts and 
these are these are not just state local districts. These are congressional districts that are getting drawn at the Texas legislature level. So very important stuff that's going to be happening at the Texas Capitol this year. Um, our, our kind of last topic right now is, is these big statewide races. You know, MJ Hager ran against Senator Cornyn. There was a number of Texas Supreme Court um, candidates that uh, were running to replace some of the current Republican justices. There was also Texas Railroad Commissioner. So there's a lot of statewide races. Um, these, for the most part, uh, were landslide victories for the Republican candidate. Um, Senna, do you want to talk to us a little bit about these Texas statewide races? And what, what do we think about them and what do we see for our future? So Ezra talked about this a little bit when she opened us up, but whereas we saw that on the presidential run, Biden really closed in on, uh, on Trump and we saw that those margins are getting closer and closer, on the statewide races, we saw the opposite. We saw that Texas stayed solid rate, uh, red uh, in those races. And so I think that it's interesting to, even when you looked at the rhetoric that um, Senator Cornyn was using in his uh, campaign against MJ Hagar, it was less about Trump uh, Trump Republicans and, and Trumpism, I guess that's, that's a term now, and more about protecting Texas from the coastal liberals. And so if you think about just the language and rhetoric that the, the campaigns used and what they were trying to appeal in Texas voters, um, it was less, and it was less, I thought, at least from what I was hearing about, you know, continuing to stay loyal to Trump and, and to the Republican base and more about, we want to make the rest of the country look like Texas and not like California. I heard that a lot. I saw that tweeted everywhere. It was all over the news. And so I think that these statewide races at least continue to look very red, whereas on that presidential ticket, we may see that we may actually get, uh, you know, a little bit close to being more blue. And so it's really interesting, but I will say that, um, you know, and we mentioned this a little bit earlier too, that MJ Hagar did not have that name recognition that uh, Beto had a few years ago. Um, they Beto built a really strong grassroots coalition um, that really brought in um, communities across the state. You know, he was famously known for going to uh, you know all uh, all of the various districts and visiting with everyone. How much of the pandemic upended MJ Hagar or other candidates' plans to do that, to get out into the community, to do what Beto did and visit everyone. Um, you know, we won't know what the pandemic impact has had, but um, it is clear that in order to really, um, uh, you know, really create some, I guess, noise in Texas, you have to appeal to a very diverse audience. It can't just be uh, in those urban centers. It has to be across the state and it has to be one that is built um, very much, very much rooted in the community. I think that's that's all very true. And we'll see, you know, 2022 we'll have the opportunity to have another Texas statewide race. And it's maybe one of the fun things about um, those those years in between that kind of get less attention. But it's another opportunity for us to see where where Texas is going to go. So I want to close us on um, some thoughts of gratitude with Thanksgiving coming up. Um, let's do a quick go around finishing this sentence. Um, you know, we've been talking a lot about Wise of Texas and our accomplishments because we're celebrating our fifth birthday. Um, of course, without our followers uh, and listeners, um, we wouldn't be able to do everything that we do and it wouldn't be as meaningful. So 
Um, if everybody wants to just go around and finish this sentence, I am thankful for Wise Up Texas and its followers because. I'm very thankful for Wise Up Texas in general. You know, I came to this organization as an 18 year old about three years ago. Um, very excited to Uzra saying that I wanted to get involved because I was super passionate and I was really admired by the fact that there was an organization specifically geared towards informing the South Asian community. I mean, I think that's huge. So I'm very grateful to Wise Texas, Uzra and everyone on the board for their hard work. And I'm also very grateful for the followers. And I really admire all of our followers for just taking the first step and getting aware and informing themselves about Texas politics and policy. It's really hard when you don't see that representation you need. It's hard to pay attention, but it's so important to pay attention and start getting involved. So thank you to all our followers for that. I'm thankful for the followers who take out their time to get educated, uh, who have shown such an interest in the organization that it keeps us busy, especially during elections. So thankful for, for them. I'm thankful for Wise Up Texas because it gave me an opportunity to connect with the South Asian community here in Texas and to give back to this community. Uh, this type of an organization wasn't around when my parents first immigrated here. It wasn't around when I was a teenager trying to navigate politics and what it meant, um, you know, like who did I want to vote for and, and where can I find people who understand my background and the things I'm interested in. And that wasn't around. So I'm really thankful that I you know, got to give back to my community and I got to meet uh, board members from across the diaspora who inspired me and motivated me and honestly gave me something to smile about in what I found to be a very challenging and grueling election season. It was uh, like kindred spirits. And so I'm really thankful for all of you and especially to Ezra for trusting me and, and bringing me onto the board. And I'm thankful for the followers because uh, we see you engaging with us on our webinars and on our social media pages. And um, you give us more, um, I guess, uh, more juice to, to keep going even when we feel like we don't want to anymore. So thank you for listening, for subscribing to our podcast, to reposting, resharing, all of that uh, invigorates us and, and tells us that we're doing the right thing. So thank you so much. Well, I am really grateful that I have had the opportunity to start this organization, but to have 16 other fabulous people come join our team and expand it to what it is. Um, as you know, we're celebrating our fifth birthday and we've been working on highlighting all the stuff that we've done for our election cycle. And I was really in awe. Um, I'm trying not to be emotional about it, <laughs> but just everything that we accomplished this election cycle was beyond my wildest dreams. I didn't think that we would be able to create so much helpful and useful content for our community, but we did, and we did it in the midst of a pandemic. None of us board members um, actually got, got together and we're all spread out in different cities. We didn't get to have like a meetup within different cities or an all big team meeting. We're able to be motivated. We got, you know, our stuff together and we really put out the most amazing content that I've ever seen. And it's because of the followers, you guys have been sharing our content and, you know, telling other people about us, which has been helpful in getting us more name recognition. And of course, to the entire Wise Up Texas team, I know so many of y'all were followers to start with and then, you know, jumped on and joined in. And that has been amazing because it's helped evolve the organization and given us so many different point of views and perspectives. And who knows, somebody could be listening to this right now and you may come join our team eventually. And that would really be awesome. So thank you. Like many of us, I know our listeners probably need a little break from election news and political news. 
Um, so we are going to take a podcast break until 2021, unless there's some very earth shattering news that we need to get out and share to you guys. Um, but we will be back in 2021 with great content. Um, so all of you just take a break, stay healthy this holiday season through the pandemic, stay at a safe distance from your folks and friends, um, keep your masks on. And it's been a really fun time hosting the podcast and managing the podcast this election cycle. Um, thanks to Ezra for that opportunity. And we'll all be back in 2021 to talk to you all more. So thank you for listening. That does conclude our interview for today. Wise of Texas is a nonpartisan and nonprofit organization, but we welcome interviews with candidates and political leaders who want to reach out to our South Asian followers. Wise of Texas does not endorse any candidates or political party. You can find a recording of this podcast on most pl platforms where podcasts are available and select episodes will air on Radio Azad. Thanks for li listening. Get educated, get wiser, and start giving a hoot with Wise of Texas.